Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. This is episode 112, Brian Barlow, part two. So Brian Barlow is a youth soccer referee who started the offside page, which was geared towards getting people to videotape bad behavior from parents on sidelines, people he calls cheeseburgers, and to send them to him and he would give them $100. This went viral. And eventually, he started to really make an impact with his message. I've really enjoyed talking to him once before on the pod, so even though we got cut short that first time, he came back for a second time, and gosh, Brian's so much fun to talk to, we're going to have to do a round three, but enjoy this installment, he's got some lovely things to say, and here we go. So, well then let's, yeah, let's let's kick it back off where we did. Basically, the question that I had was, um, are you seeing, hearing any changes of behavior in the way people approach treating referees. And that's mostly because, uh, and the reason I ask is first of all, because of what we talked about last time, but also what happened this year with such heavy referee shortages. So take it away. You know, I'd like to tell you that. Yeah. I think that people are, let me rephrase that. I think people are saying all the right things. And listen, I know my role in this thing. I understand that I'm controversial. I understand I say things that most people think and most people know that's reality. But very few people want to put themselves out there and do anything about it. We just want to talk about it. So, I mean, I'll just I'll just say what's on my heart and my mind. At the end of the day, I'm sick of listening to people talk about it. You know, um, everybody says they have a no tolerance policy. Very few people actually put that to the test. And, you know, what I, and what I mean by that is, listen, I, I, I've read the memos. I see them every single day. I've heard the conversations. I've been in the meetings. I've been invited to the meetings. I've heard everyone describe the no tolerance policy that they're going to enact. Listen, it's all BS. It's all BS. Too many times we as influencers, as decision makers, as board members, as presidents, as association um, top executives, what, whatever your role is, too many times we turn a blind eye because somebody, a coach or a player or the son of a player or the daughter of a player who has a relationship with somebody at the upper level, you know, we want to turn our head and look the other way because they're good people. And this was just, this wasn't, that's not how they typically act, right? And too many times we are uncomfortable making people uncomfortable. And my cry is this, we have to start making people uncomfortable in the story. And I'm not just talking about the low level, uh, the, the mid-level, the club level, soccer, baseball, basketball, um, you know, disc golf. I had a video the other day of, 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 a, of a cheeseburger and disc golf, believe it or not. Wow. I didn't even know you could be a cheeseburger and disc golf. Yeah, I didn't know that. Apparently you can. But I'm, ta- I'm not talking about just the low level, the lower levels, the small comp- competition groups. I'm talking about all the way to the highest level to the MLS, to the NBA, to the NHL, um, they have to start setting it. And I, and I get it. Listen, I get when you're an upper level referee, we have to tolerate, you know, more because the people didn't come to see us. They came to see the players. And so we have to tolerate more. That's great. I, I understand that theory. But at some point we have to, at the upper level, at the highest level, and I have communications with some of these people and I'm constantly telling them, in order for this culture to change in youth sports, we have to start making the upper level 
coaches and players. We have to hold them responsible at the most uncomfortable levels in order for that to start trickling down. Because you know what? I'll just give you a prime example because I'm a soccer guy, right? I'm a soccer rep. What happens at the pro level when the referee blows the whistle? He could be the she or he could be the best official possible for that specific game. They blow the whistle and the coaches lose it and the players rush him. And how dare you, knowing damn good and well, in two hours, they're going to go look at that video and they're going to know that the official got it right. And this happens all the time. Yep. They know that the official probably got it right. And they still make a scene. Sometimes they bump them. The words that are said, I don't even want to describe on your show the words that are, are said, but we're supposed to turn a blind eye because that's just part of the game. And so we have to change that culture at the upper, at the, at the biggest levels. Until then, any decision maker at an association, a, a club level, a competitive group, maybe you own a club, maybe you're, you're in charge of that state's organization of referees, whatever your role is, you have to stop talking no tolerance and you have to start enacting. I'm sick of this. I see this all the time. I hear it. I hear it all the time. I want to whip him. I want to see whippings. I want to see the referees positioned for success because unless they're protected, unless they're developed, unless that we start changing that culture, we're never going to change the direction of the referee shortage. And are we in a referee shortage? The, the clear answer is absolutely we're in a referee shortage. Yeah, a bad one. Well, what are we going to do about it besides this? Well, it's you mentioned I, – I love that you mentioned the top level because – a few years back, I read, I think it was just in a comment section of an article about referee abuse. And there was this guy who he's a PE teacher in an English boarding school. And he says a lot of the boys play both soccer and rugby. Like they, they, they cross, but they play both sports, right? I know what you're he going says about. that when they play rugby, yeah. they have a stand up like attitude. They don't try and fake injury or, or buy fouls. They don't get up in the coach's face if, as, you know, if the coach makes a, a different call, they don't yell at referees. But the second the ball goes on the floor and it's round and not oval-shaped, the kids change. Their entire behavior set changes and they're copying what they see at the highest level. So what you're saying is, I think, 100% right. Then, of course there is the lower level and making people uncomfortable. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I'd actually, I sort of took that to heart after the last time we talked, I was like, it's time to make some people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So uh, this past season on more than on at least three occasions, I actually yelled across the sideline to my parent group to tell them to quiet down. And every single time I got apology emails the next day. Uh, this will not happen again. Please don't take this out on my kid. I never got parents coming up to me being like, you know, that was pretty rude of you to yell at us. You're right. And I even one game How had a coach join us. in with me because the whole sideline was going nuts. And I was like, you guys all need to stop. And he goes, it's so annoying. And all the parents quieted down. The referee just gave us a thumbs up. And so I just did my preseason meetings with my teams last week, you know, people just meeting me. And I told them, look, before, before you go to that story, Sebastian, yeah, can you I know, tell, go for can it. I tell you how important that is to those officials. When you see an official go like that and they know that you're taking charge of the actions and the behavior of your cheeseburgers, 
they talk about you after the game. I promise you. They'll, they'll, they'll look at each other and go, how about that coach, man? He put a kibosh on that, didn't he? They love that crap. So kudos to you. Well, and it's kind of funny because, like I said, I was about to say, with the preseason meetings that I have, first of all, we had the preseason meeting work like this. The club did their initial PowerPoint presentation, and they very much hammered down on the point. We don't have referees as much as we'd like, and you need to be quiet. So then I reiterated that in my meetings, and I said, listen, I know the referees. I like know these people because I've seen them so many times and I've spoken to them. So I know them better than I'm going to know any of you by the end of this season. So whose side am I on? Like, ask yourself that question. I was like, I'm not on your side. I'm on the player's side and the official. I'm on the side of the game. If you want to bring in behavior that is that makes it worse, I'm going to fight you on it. You know, and I told the parents, I was like, I don't tolerate this at all. And it, it really, and I've noticed the difference it makes from that coach's perspective, but what you're saying is right. You can't culturally heal this unless the highest level starts to change. And, and that I think is a very difficult one to, uh, to fix, but, but I will say I was very, very pleased to see my, my own club make a very strong point about this. And that's why I opened with this question of, have you seen or heard anything different? I actually saw and heard something of a, of a more uh, impactful message, I would say, than I ever have before from the people I work for. So that gave me some. Well, and I think, you know, and I'm glad. And, and listen, dude, I do. I, I do see a little bit more of um, proactive expectation descriptions out there at and uh, I'm just a little bit numb to it, to be quite frank, because of all the videos and all the communication, all the messages, all, all the texts that I get, uh, I mean, every day. And don't, I don't even want to describe to you what my phone looks like on a, on a weekend. But I, I want to I emphasize the point. I think you did a great job on talking about the shape of the ball and the shape of the ball in rugby, right? The shape of the ball in soccer. They're two very different shapes. And they're two very, very different cultures. And I am so sick of people telling me that you can't change this thing. Barlow, you've been doing this for three or four years. Do they ever think it's going to change? And my answer is always a resounding yes. I just got to get to the right people. And let me tell you something. I know we've changed thousands and thousands of people. I see it every time I travel. I see it every time I walk onto a pitch. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter where I am. I know that we have changed thousands of people, but he, here's where I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to the top levels of everything, whether it's club soccer, whether it's club football, whether it's the, the, the NFL. If I could just get them to sit with me for 30 minutes and let me just show them the damage that is being done because of what we're allowing the culture of, in this specific case, soccer and most other sports. Baseball, what happens whenever uh, an ump, you know, calls a strike when they think it's a ball or calls a ball when they think it's a strike? They run out there and they throw their hat and they just, you know, making all this thing, right? I mean, what is that? What are we saying to our young people? We're saying when we don't get our way, we and we act adolescent, which is everything reversed of what we're taught when we're kids. Don't be a brat. Don't act like, right? So, so for me, it's like, I just want, I want the top levels to hear me out 
and to, to let me show them the data. Let me show them the proof. I know they see it. I know, I, I know they're not stupid, right? And, 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 and then just try to influence. How can we slowly start to turn the gauge of not allowing the 4 million people watching that specific game, watching that specific coach, completely verbally and sometimes physically abuse that specific ump over that specific play in that specific game. And the key word here is game. Yeah. We're not in war. We're not shelling bombs at each other, right? We're not on the streets dodging tanks. We're playing games. And this is how we're treating the very people that we're losing at a rapid rate. And we're just saying it's okay. And well, you know, eventually this will change. And maybe next time that won't happen, as opposed to someone at the highest level going, no more. Not on my brand. And listen, I'm a brand guy. I'm a marketing guy. You do that to my brand? Mm -mm. You don't tarnish my brand like that. No, sir. You do not tarnish my brand like that. And I think that's what it's, you know, I think, I think if you put it in a business and a professional and in a monetary sense of your brand has value and your brand might have more equity. If you, if you treat everyone in that organization, no matter if they're a coach, a player, a spectator, an official, an assistant to the administration, whatever it is, there has to be a level of integrity and respect established and expected. And then when it's not held accountable, we have to hold them accountable to that. That's, that's building a strong brand. And the yeah. brand in rugby was done right. And even in today, a society has changed. Even today, the culture of rugby, rugby has been established. So don't tell me it can't happen. I know that it can. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I remember I was watching some from, from Denver. So watched the Stanley Cup. Uh, playoffs and definitely the finals and watching the avalanche win. And, and I was just impressed with a lot of the things that are just part of the culture of hockey. Um, and it went as deep as, you know, when the, when the game ends, the captain and the assistant captain will stand at the boards with the door open and all, their whole team will, will go through into the locker room. They'll all get pounds. And then the assistant captain goes, and then the captain goes, both teams do this. And it, it so it's just, it's this little piece of uh, culture about like a structure and respect in the way they do things. I mean, you don't, it's not the eighties and nineties. You don't see fist fights anymore in hockey. Like these guys take hits and they deal with it and they move on. They get in each other's face a little bit, but the officials totally left alone. Even the punditry, right? The guys who are talking about the afterwards, they're trying. They're not trying to make a a little a mountain out of a molehill out of a one call that maybe, maybe not. They're just like move on. It's playoff hockey, like. And so I, I thought that there's this whole thing within hockey culture that is move on. It's a game. Let's go. Let's compete. Um, and, and it's a stark contrast to what we see in professional soccer, where it's it's very difficult for players to move on from an incident and just compete that, that, it, uh, that has to hold in somewhere. And then of course, then you hear it on the news later, you know, the soccer news later, you watch the review show, they spend 20 minutes talking about two refereeing decisions and you're like, well, you know, 
we're not feeding the culture here correctly either from a media perspective. I, it's one of the things that drives me nuts when a show that's one hour long will spend 20 minutes on two refereeing decisions. You're like, this is the wrong message to send to people. So right. don't even get me started. I, 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 li- I literally, this happened to me two weeks ago. I have a guy that's announcing a professional soccer game. He sends me a clip. I didn't know he was the announcer. The announcer is losing his crap on the call that the official made. I look at the clip. I just, I, I, I don't know who he is. And I said, uh, you know, it's hard for me to tell for this angle. I think the official, whether he called it or didn't call it, the official was in the right angle. He had, he was, he was in proximity. You know, you kind of have to trust the official here, but what I can tell you is the official, the, the announcers are completely unprofessional and um, should be banned from um, doing any more of these games. Guess what? He was one of them. He did not like me saying that. And so I just, and he, he sent me a very hateful email back about, He's been he's been announcing for 35 years and uh, he's going to announce and give his opinion. That's what he's paid to do. And I said, dude, dude, you do your thing. You know, that, that that's all you. But you're wrong. OK, you're wrong. And so it's OK to have an opinion. Just know that your opinion on that specific play was wrong. And you shouldn't be saying the things that you're saying about officials, especially if you're getting paid. So uh, don't even get me started about officials and, and the influence that they have. On, a, on, uh, on on officials this it's it's just it's a, it's a, it's a it's a sore subject for me yeah and it, it's well it's sore for me because I, I it's basically they can talk about a lot of different things and and, and get me uh get me a little bit annoyed i think just a couple of days ago i watched uh france play against the netherlands in the women's euros in the quarterfinal and I, there were multiple times i was like all right what game are you guys watching like and or not so much that, but there's it seems like you want something to happen and you're almost commentating for it to happen. And then, you know, they started it seemed as if they wanted Holland to win, maybe the Netherlands to win. It, may, it just kind of had that vibe to it. But they were criticizing calls, um, sort of uh, just criticizing calls, maybe that France was getting, oh, that's a lucky decision, or you know, things like that. And I found it really interesting because it starts to it starts to change the way some people yeah. will actually view the referee yeah and and like me of course i'm i know enough i listen to the commentator and i go you're wrong but i think about the millions of people out there who listen and go oh that yeah that's true and yeah. and i'm sure that that's got to that's got to drive you crazy because it, it it is very consistent that i hear that and it, and if you talk about the highest level needing to change the culture there's also a media issue, right? It's like, it's one uh, extra layer to think about. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and that's so true. I mean, the, the media has fed off the, 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 the problems that society have, uh, have, have enacted in, in youth sports and in some degree, even professional sports. I mean, you've seen the videos of people fighting in the stands at pro football games. And, um, and you know, so I, I think the media, um, they're, they're just as responsible for this behavior uh, as anyone else, um, you know, what, what, what do you see? What do you see on a post game? You, you see, well, you know, they question the officials and the officials, they had to have got this wrong and this, this shouldn't have been called. And, you know, they're, you know, they don't dissect the play. They don't understand. Listen, officiating in every sport is very, very subjective. And one foul in one game might not be a foul in another game. And that's what most people don't ever understand, especially once you get to the highest levels of officiating. 
every specific game has its own game flow and its own management style. And, and every ref kind of conforms to that specific game. And, 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 and youth officiating, it's more about, let's just keep, you know, let's keep everybody safe. Let's blow the whistle probably a lot more than we should um, at the upper levels because we don't want little Sally and little Sammy to get hurt. And, and so, yeah, we just, we, we tend to blow the whistle a lot and that's okay. So um, I, I just wish people understood that, that there's a true pageantry and there's a, there's a true art form and a, there's a true mental um, track that you take when officiating and everything is very gray and very subjective. And now, now take yourself out of the proximity, take yourself out of the angle. If you're not in position, if you don't have the right angle, um, you know, then you, you tend to not call something that you, you don't call something you, you don't see. Um, and so, and so people then tend to think, well, well, you missed that call. you you're right. I, I, I probably did because I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't have myself in the proper angle or, or I wasn't close enough. And so there's so many variables. And, and so the only thing that I ask is, is can we just as adults, as adults, as spectators watching, whether you're watching pro athletes getting paid millions and millions of dollars or, or you're watching little soccer Sally and soccer Sammy on the pitch. Can, can we just, can we just act like we're adults can we not act like we're spoiled, rotten children at games? Can we not get in fistfights? Can we not yell verbal, you know, insults across the field? Can we not go attack the coach because he didn't play little Sally or little Sammy? Can we not? Can we leave the 16-year-old girl that's on her third game on a Saturday on a 100-degree temperature getting ready to do her fourth game? Can we not follow her to the clubhouse and yell at her? I mean – these are all basic requests, but, but they're not being followed and, and we're not acting responsible and we're running off refs. We're not even able to develop most of our officials because we run them off because we're so hateful and we're so judgmental and we're so irresponsible and we're so just fed up with toxic um, toxic toxicity within our games and within ourselves. And we're so angry and we're so, mad and we have to point fingers and and judge somebody and 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 all that stuff over a game this this does not make logical sense sebastian no does not make logical sense but you know where you you just touched on the fact that there's a certain level of nuance that people miss that games are different one to the next and that you as a referee you have to take into account everything about what's going on in the situation, you're actually really reading the emotional tone and reading the room very, that's what you have to do as an official. One of the things I hear from high, high level players and coaches all the time is we're just asking for consistency. <laughs> that was a foul last week. It should be a foul this week. That one to me has, I've always been like, it, it's just not like, don't you guys know how gray this sport is? It's, that that's always been interesting to me. And and the fact that they say that it shows that they haven't put themselves in the mindset of an official and what the calls are. And then this, the next thing that they all say is none of these guys ever played the game. We need officials that played the game. Okay. Now that's the one that drives me the most crazy. Oh. And I'm wondering if you could actually take a second to explain one of the reasons why pro players don't become referees, aside from the fact that they just actually have disdain for the position, but there is a there are some 
valid reasons why it doesn't happen as often. Do, well, do you? Well, yeah. Well, so God, you just loaded me up there. So number one, <laughs> number one, most are not mentally tough enough. I mean, you've got to be mentally tough. I'm not talking about thick skin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, you have to be mentally tough to be, your body is exasperated. Remember, we don't have positions. Officials don't have positions. They don't get subbed. They don't play one portion of the field. They're not a defender. They don't stay on the defensive third of the field. They're, they're all over the field. Well, no sub, no water break. Okay, that's first off. So, so you have to have mental toughness and you have to have your body prepared. It's, it's physically exhausted. You, let's just say you're on the 85th minute of a tied soccer match and tempers are high, emotions are high. And let's just say you got a KMI, which is a key match incident. You've got a potential penalty kick. Is your body, is your mind, are your, do you trust your decision-making skills? Are you in proximity and angle to confidently sell a PK decision that's probably going to award a win? Because when you get a PK, you're, you're basically, you're giving a goal, basically, right? So are you mentally tough enough to be confident, to sell that, to sell that decision, be in proximity and angle, your body's conditioned, your mind's conditioned, you know the laws of the game, you know how to sell the call, you know the heat that's going to come, you know all the options you have when all the players come to tell you how terrible of a referee you are and how terrible that decision was. So put all those parameters in. You have to be mentally, mentally tough, physically fit and mentally tough. So that's number one. That's why most people never will never transition into being a soccer official. All right. So that's number one. Number two, if I had a dollar for every time I heard the phrase, I'm just looking for consistency, I would have several, several dollars, <laughs> if not millions of dollars, a lot. not just for me as an official, but for me watching other officials as, as well. Listen, consistency to you is not consistency to that specific game. All right. You don't get what you want because you're thinking as a coach or as a player in a very biased manner. You don't get to entertain what consistency, you don't get to describe or label what consistency is for that specific game. You don't get to. That's the officials. The officials, they decide what consistency is for that specific game. Okay, that's number three. The times I've heard, and I'm going to wrap it up here because I've got about three minutes before this yeah. call, okay? Yeah. The times that I have heard, um, we wish the refs had at least played soccer. Well, number one, I, I did. Um, did I play it at the highest level? No. But not every official has played their, their, the sport that they officiate. And that's okay. That's actually good. They have an outside perspective of what the game could potentially be. They don't need to play the game in order to be a high-level official. And in fact, many high-level officials have not played the game. All right? So I'm going to reverse that question. And I would encourage any official um, that's having these type of conversations as long as it's not in a game. Um, if you ever get asked, well, have you ever played the sport? My immediate response is reverse. Have you ever officiated the sport? Because if you had, you would have kept your mouth shut. It's that simple. If you had, you would respect the position of what I just did. Because if you had, you know, in the opinion of the referee is actually verbiage within the laws of the game. Because if you had, in the spirit of the game, sportsmanship, the health of the players, 
playing in a fair manner. Those are the most important things, not you uh, controversially um, um, being upset over a decision I made. If you had, you would understand that I just ran eight to nine miles while you sat on your little, you know, 12 inch seat on your ass, not doing a damn thing and not having any creativity, not having any tactical solution to win the game. And you're still getting paid. So don't ask me the question of, or don't even tell me, well, you know, officials should have to play the sport. My, my reverse is if you're a coach or if you're a player at a high, high level, you should at the very least understand the beginning level, the beginning level, not the highest of levels, the beginning level of what it takes to be an official. Because if you did, you keep your mouth shut. Yeah, well, that means I, I, it gives me the idea that the USSF licensing courses should include at least low level refereeing, probably. Absolutely. I mean, that would make a huge difference. Huge. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you and I just come up with great ideas every time we talk. Well, obviously, I have to do a part. Well, three. I keep joining and, you, and, and I every... don't join everybody. When they ask me to come back, sometimes I don't come back. Well, I I really appreciate it, and, and at some point, you and I'll have to get a, a, a fair chunk of time. But but it seems like there's always something that makes uh, that that pushes us to really you know be snappy. Whether you, you know our time gets constrained, yeah. your computer almost melts, but we figure it out every time. Uh, Almost every day is like this for me, my friend. You know, everyone thinks, well, you're just a referee and you referee for a living and you have the offside page and you're, oh, by the way, you know, everyone thinks I'm making millions of dollars on the offside page. It couldn't be further from the truth, but. Um, That's too bad. This, this yeah, it is. <laughs> Some way, I'm, sometime I'm, I'm hoping to get my money back on this thing, but that's not even the main reason why I did it or why I do it on a day-to-day basis. But if people only knew that this uh, this little project that I started many years ago, if they only knew the amount of money that it takes and the amount of time that it takes uh, away, uh, they would probably be a little bit more uh, nice uh, or respectful uh, in in terms of what we're trying to accomplish on on, on the budget that we're trying to accomplish with. But. And, the, and your energy too. Look, your energy is is what I'm. I, it's always been one of the things that I, I'm most grateful for what you bring to the table. So keep going. You got a 3 p.m. You got to go and make that happen, and uh, and we'll do this again. Hey, keep, hey, keep keep doing what you're doing. By the way, with uh, you know keeping your cheeseburgers in check, um, being a positive influence to your officials, and I'm telling you, those little things that you think are just small, small things, they are discussed. They're talked about. They affect officials. And, and uh, you know, you're doing your part too. You're doing your part in changing the culture. And you even said it yourself, the other coach, the times that you screamed at your parents to shut up, the other coach, same thing. You know, hey guys, we're playing a game. It's infectious, my friend, it's infectious. We need people, more people like you. So kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you, Barlow. Hey, look, enjoy your day and okay. uh, stay cool. Stay cool. Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> All right, take it easy. All right, bye-bye.